0: Welcome to the Geek Geek podcast where it's games of the year time. I forgot to write an Woo! intro, so we're going with that. Um it's our games of the year discussion. It's the, uh, what we think are the best video games that we have played in 2017 So it's not a hundred percent games that came out this year. We're not a video game release outlet We don't have to do that. We do whatever we want. So yes yeah, true These are I actually mostly almost all of these are games that came out this year and the ones that aren't are mostly ones that came out last year But again, it's games that we played on an individual basis like this year And that's what we're talking about yeah. like for us personally. What were the games that stood out the most this year? so as we did last year we're going to start with some honorable mentions and mine is much more than yours i'm going to try to fly through them but why don't you go first because i have a lot to cover
1: like my honorable mentions this year like i we were talking about this before we started recording, and and you have a lot more games than I do, and this really applies a lot more to our media of the year than it does to games. But in general, like all of the stuff that I've latched onto has either be, or that I've experienced, I guess is the better way to put it. I have either adored, just fell in love with, or hated. That it was just a miss, and it's like, well, that was not for me on this one. And so the honorable mentions that kind of really good, but not good enough, is just super short. And, you know, 20xx is probably the best game that I played this year that wasn't just fantastic and makes me keep going back over and over again, but whenever I see it in my Steam library, I want to start it and play it. That it was it, For those of you who didn't catch our podcast on it earlier and haven't noticed this one, it's a Mega Man X clone, except it's a roguelike where all of the levels are procedurally generated. You still get enemy powers to use in other ones, and it scales up in difficulty every single time that you beat a level that it gets harder and harder and harder. And when you die, you go back and do the entire run again to try to beat all of the bosses. And it is the only Mega Man clone that I've played in maybe ever that feels like how wonderful all of those old Mega Man games felt, specifically the X games. And I know that was something that when you got me to play it, it was an immediate kind of, kind of like, that's exactly what I want to play. So I have to mention it here that I just absolutely adored it, but it wasn't just like the
0: best thing I've ever played. Okay, cool. I mean, that's, so, that's totally like, valid and fair. That one's actually on my honorable mentions too, but I'll talk. Like I said, I have a lot in there. Right. I'm going to go through them quick when we get to me. And so I also thought 1-2 Switch deserves an honorable mention. And I, it is an
1: honorable mention solely because it's $60. That if this game were 20 bucks... Which it you might be able to pick it up now for twenty bucks. I don't know, but if this game were twenty dollars, One Two Switch would probably be one of my games of the year because it is unbelievably fun to play with a group. That when I, we went to visit Austin and his wife in Florida earlier this year, we played One Two Switch, and and we're not drinkers or anything. Like we were stone cold sober, and we were laughing and cackling and and just like running around like idiots, having the best. Time playing this that I haven't had playing a video game in such a long time. Like it is, it is awesome, but it is absolutely not worth the sixty dollars because it's a it's a collection of mini games of three to five minute mini games, and I mean they should not have made it a standalone game. It should have been a twenty or thirty dollar on the e store. So it's honorable (laughs) for me, but I and I because I love the game, but it it it. you know, go back to episode one so that we have the subjective value of games. And that's why this is an honorable mention is because it deserves to be played. But I cannot justify that cost that we paid for it. Yep. Knowing you, that does not surprise me. And so then there's Cosmic Star Heroin. I'd forgotten about this game. And that's why it's an honorable mention that the story that that this is like the uh uh Chrono Trigger like su- spiritual successor by I know it's Zeboid, but like what's the company named who who does these uh, uh isn't that it is it Zaboid? I thought so Zaboid Games okay I was thinking that may be one of the developers Twitter handles but no I think that's the company okay so they made Cthulhu Saves the World and a couple other games and it's a a Chrono Trigger spiritual successor and. <laughs> (laughs) The story and writing are kind of eh, but the gameplay is really cool. I really loved the battle system, but something about playing a JRPG on my PC didn't sit well with me, and so I've got a Steam link and a controller on their way, so I'm probably going to play this sitting on my couch uh, through Steam like that, uh, because the Vita version never came out, and I would have beat this and loved it, and it probably would have been a game of the year based on the battle system for me if it had been a Vita game and well, maybe uh, next because, year. yeah maybe next year because as a handheld rpg this one would be phenomenal because it's in that 16-bit style that, that they did such a good job on the battle system being super fun just don't like sitting in my office chair playing it so you know i know you, i don't even know did you ever play it because i know you backed it on kickstarter
0: yeah i played it i gave up on it pretty fast i played a few hours of it because i own it and i was like uh it, I, it didn't click for me okay that's fair, and so that's really all of my honorable mentions, like
1: everything else kind of was just kind of meh, and but I was you, had, like, not. you had a couple anti honorable mentions I did these are <laughs> I called them misses, but you were like no these are anti honorable mentions and I was like, okay, these are kind of anti honorable mentions you're right um because I was disappointed in these, like everyone built these up as being just phenomenal and and again it's they 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 just missed on me like Sonic mania you and Literally, every other person who talked about it to me was talking about how this was harkening back to the glory days of Sonic the Hedgehog that they had this indie developer brought in that that basically a ROM editor uh, who made who made all like great sonic mods and and it's a it's a real sonic game and it absolutely is and apparently i don't like sonic games anymore <laughs> well, because i played it yourself. like i waited until it came out on pc because i was afraid of this so i did a steam refund on this because I, I bought it like the day it came out on steam and i was like this is a sonic game okay and then i was like i need my money back i'm never playing this again like i see I why people it loved sonic it game yep and i but i thought i would like it still like i didn't realize that it wasn't that they were bad sonic games that made me not like them it was that they were sonic games and whenever this one was really good and i didn't like playing it it was like okay my tastes have just changed so that one i just missed and then i'm still totally ambivalent on destiny 2 that i bought it on on release day i pre-ordered it actually and and the ps4 and have been wanting to play it and lacked any motivation to log back in and play it though that i like the game and i dislike the game and it is enough that i wanted to mention it here because there are so many wonderful things about it yet there are so many things that are just that seem so mundane as well that keep me from playing it does that make any sense yeah i mean
0: i liked it i i think you okay these two like anti-honorable mentions from you make me think that you are more prone to giving into hype than i am Right. Yes, that is absolutely and true. I think that that is the real problem with these two games for you. I don't think it's actually the games. I think it is. I think that
1: uh, I've always talked about myself as being a marketer's dream, that I want to love everything. That my core personality trait is, hey, that's awesome, and I I want to love these. And when I hear that they're so good, like I I hold out and I want to, and I love it, and it's like, nope, I just don't. And so
0: you're absolutely right. I think that is a very spot-on analysis. Okay, fair enough. Um, I have a bunch of honorable mentions, so many that I had to put them into subcategories. So I'm going to try to not actually talk in-depth about anything except my top few. So really quickly... Honorable mentions for games that I spent a bunch of time with. I still haven't beaten and I should probably make time to go back to. So this is Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle still sitting on my switch. Yes. This is 20 XX because it's really hard to beat that game. But all the reasons you said you liked it are the reasons I liked it. Slime Rancher because Slime Rancher is a really weird game um, and has been heroes, which is still sitting on my switch. And I, I don't know. I should play it more. It was actually pretty good. Um, yeah. Honorable mentions, I've been looking at it. I want to play it. Okay, Um, honorable mentions for games that I've been playing with my kids that are still really good for that purpose overcooked i still think overcooked is an amazing multiplayer game even if it's all adults playing it that's such a good game um splatoon 2 we still go back to that every once in a while arms i can't believe how much my son still plays arms but he loves that game and then just recently (laughs) um star wars battlefront 2 because we've been playing arcade mode with my kids and they like it a lot because it's star wars and they can shoot the bad guys and it's slow enough that it's okay for them um Honorable mentions for games that I beat in, like, one or two play sessions, so I beat them very quickly, but they're still good. Um, Pyre, I... I've thought about that game a lot since I beat it, and it was worth playing. I still don't think it's worth a ton of money, but it's a very interesting game. Um, Sonic Mania, for all the reasons you didn't like it, I did like it, and I beat that in two sittings, I think. Um, Subsurface Circular, which I talked about a lot on one episode that we did, which was more about... I can't remember the overall topic, but mostly I talked about Subsurface Circular. You remember that. Um, Yep, I do. Yeah, and then Valhalla. Which is spelled V A and then one one and then Hall A. It's a weird spelling of it, but that was an interesting like cyberpunk story bar game where you're like mixing drinks. That's Bartender the simulator. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, but I liked it. Um, and then Universal Paperclips because that game left a lasting impression on me and. It was something that I played consistently for like two days straight in my browser window because it's a really, really, really good game. And if you haven't played Universal Paperclips yet, it's free and you should do it right now. Okay. <laughs> Those are my subcategories. Here's my actual like top honorable mention. So kind of more equivalent to what you were talking about. So right. these are the ones that are just barely off my game of the year list. Like if we did 10 games instead of five or six like we did, um, these would be in the top 10. So right. Hitman. And the only reason I didn't put it in the top five is is because it kind of was a weird timing with this one. It was one that I mostly played in December of last year after we had recorded yep. our episode and then we did a whole episode of it on in like the start of this year, but it was more of a last year game for me and not really a this year game so i didn't put it in the top five or six here um but that makes sense yeah but we have a whole episode on it so go back to the beginning ish of season two and you'll find that if you want to hear all about hitman um and it's still super good like yeah. they're still updating this like i actually had to turn
1: off auto updates on hitman on steam because it would delay me locking into other games and have to go pause it all the time because they were constantly updating it like like, it is. They are still supporting this as, as a piece of software. And it's a very, very good game. It's yeah. just one that I didn't latch onto like you
0: did. So I'm really excited for whatever next Hitman game comes out, which I've never felt like that about the Hitman series before now. Um, Final Fantasy 15 New Game Plus. And this is another 2016 2017 crossover, right? I played it last year, but I played New Game Plus this year. And uh so i can't really include it purely in this year um but we did a so, whole episode on final fantasy 15 and you can go back to the archive and listen to that one also well i want to ask about this one while we're moving through the game of the year part
1: because you're talking about new game plus did you go through after they changed and added in the extra story for either chapter 13 or or the uh, whatever the most recent release was where they added in part of the story that you could only experience by going straight through rather than going back? No,
0: I only have played... uh, So when I did my New Game Plus run, it was... After they fixed Chapter 13's most horrible errors that they had created. Right. Um, But that was all that they had done. It was the same story. There was no new content. And my intention is to wait because they keep patching in more story to this game, which bugs me. And I've talked about that before. So I'm not going to get onto that tangent again. I'm going to wait until all of the content for this game is released. And then I will replay it at some point in the future. I'm not going to play it the day that the last thing comes out. But whenever they finally say, "Okay, we're done releasing things for Final Fantasy 15. That's when I'm going to start considering it again. But not until then. Like, it's just not worth it to have to keep replaying this game as they patch it. Mm -hmm. Um, Fire Emblem Heroes, because I still play this game. I played this game a ton at the beginning of the year when it came out on my phone. And then I uninstalled it. And then I reinstalled it again a couple months later, and I played it for a few months, and then I uninstalled it, and then I reinstalled it again about a month ago, and I've been playing it every day for a month. And its I thought it would just be one of those mobile games that's like, oh, okay, and it's a gotcha game, and then you move on with your life. Right. But I keep coming back to it, so at this point, I'm just going to leave it on my phone. Like It is like Hearthstone for me. It is going to just sit on my phone as an evergreen mobile game, and I just have to come to acknowledge that i really actually do like this game so Fire that's Emblem- okay though that's kind of yeah, how it i was with marvel future fight where you
1: despite everything you're like i really shouldn't like this game as much as i do
0: but I do that's how that's exactly how I feel about it so it is going to have a permanent place on my phone now I'm done fighting it I really like Fire Emblem Heroes and I'm not ashamed of that it just doesn't quite it's it's still a mobile game it doesn't make the top five of the year right it's it's slightly off that top five list um and then Super
1: Mario Run this year because I can't remember if it was this
0: year or last year I don't actually know at this point
1: it all because kind of I feel together. that way about, about Mario Run, as you do with Fire Emblem Heroes, that it's really good. Pro, like, a lot of people were burned by it, but it's like, it's going to be there. I like it. I turn it on, play it occasionally, do this stuff. Jennifer plays it a lot, or did play it a lot. It's like, okay, I, I'm just
0: going to own it. Like, I own it, and I love it. Yep, yep, that's fine. Um, so, Destiny 2 is here for me. Um, I, I liked Destiny 2 a lot. I think it probably would have made the cut for my list. If the PC and the PS4 version came out at the same time, because I would have picked the PC version, and now that I am replaying it on PC, I see how much better the PC version is. And it's it's not night and day, but it is drastically better. Like, I love the is PC really version that so much? much. Yeah, I just hate replaying games this close to when they come out. So, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of tastes yes, the I way do. that I feel about it. Um, If I had only played the PC game and I had gotten my character to max level on that, I'm pretty sure I would have latched onto this game a lot harder. So this is probably two spots off my top five. Um, And then the one spot off my top five would be Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood. Because, like, I... It is the only MMO that can pull me in at this point, and I am very invested in the story. And every time I go back and I get to play with my guildmates and like experience Final Fantasy 14 again, I end up having a really good time, as long as there's new content there for me. And we did a whole episode about uh, this one, too, and Destiny also. So almost every one of my games on this top honorable mentions list has a full episode about it in season two if you just look back in the archive a little ways
1: and you know just to mention the final fantasy 14 part that we're recording this in early december so if uh if it should still be going on when you're listening to this, that Final Fantasy XIV is having a free month-long login if you've ever subscribed before to show you the 4.1 content that came out. So if you've missed any up to this point and you own Stormblood, go in, and I think it's even if you don't own Stormblood, I think you can play all the content that you own. Just you can log in for free and see what has changed in Final Fantasy XIV. So definitely do that because it is one of my games of the
0: year. So, uh, So go do that. Do it right now. Yes. And we will get into those very shortly. First, we should say no geeky offer of the week because we don't do that on our end of the year episodes. Um, Instead, this is where we ask for ratings and reviews because we try not to do that every week because I know how annoying it can get. So if you have ever thought about leaving us a rating or review and you haven't done it please do that. It's a very nice holiday gift. We appreciate it. We see all the ones that come in and it like makes a big difference in our visibility so other people can find the podcast and become part of the community. Besides that, I just have to say like, I'm so happy with our network this year. Like it's been amazing to like, get to know all the other podcasters and like see us all grow together. So if you guys aren't listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Geekitude with Joe Hogan, uh, The Comic Box with Rob, like they're all such good shows and I honestly listen to them every week. And that's like why they're on the network because they're awesome people and i wanted to listen to them more so it worked out really really well beyond that um i may end up recording a little bit with my wife or my kids or both separately or together or something to find out what their games of the year were in some fashion or another if i do that the audio is going to be right after i talk like stop talking here um if not you're just gonna hear our next segment so this is kind of for me as a future editor it's a mystery that i don't know right now but you guys will find out right now
2: That's right. It's me. It's your wife. I'm back to talk about my top three knitting projects of 2017. Are you ready? Here we go. Number three. I made black is boring hats for my brothers because they wanted a hat to wear to work and they wanted black and black is super boring so I put a super bright color on the inside so the hat is reversible and your ears are warm so that's really nice. Number two. I made a two color brioche cowl for Katie from Tea Time and it was super awesome because I've never done brioche before and it was really fun to make and it was an addictive stitch and I really want to do more of that. And number one was a Slytherin scarf that I made for a friend of the show, Chocobo Chica. And I know it was a really simple design and I thought it was going to be kind of boring to make, but it turned out that it was perfect technically. And that's just a big pat on the back for me. And I really liked it. Side note. To Katie from Tea Time and Chocobo Chica, if you are listening to this episode, I would like to give you a stern but very gentle reprimand for not sending me pictures of you wearing the garments. I know that it might not be cold where you are, but it's really, really frozen. It's like Elsa frozen here. So put them on, take a picture, and send it to me, please.
0: This is not how I thought this segment would go. Did you want to talk about any video games?
2: I thought I'd jump in with the knitting because... If I asked you if I could talk about knitting, you would say no.
0: that is fair enough. did you want I know you want to talk about Mario? What do you want to say about Mario That's the main thing I wanted to get on here.
2: The new Mario game made me laugh a lot, and there are specifics that kind of I didn't understand. Number one, Mayor Pauline, what are you doing on the street? Why don't you go into your office and get some work done? Also, Carmen San Diego called, and she wants her coat and hat and sunglasses back. <laughs> Okay. Also, I don't think your city's problems are going to be solved with you being the lead member of a new jazz band.
0: She has a unique approach. Yes.
2: I think it's the wrong approach. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Any other video game thoughts or end of the year thoughts at all? The
2: poor, poor creatures that you throw your hat at and basically consume their minds and they now work for you.
0: Yes, you essentially you enslave all of these people by throwing your hat at them.
2: And it's not like they're willing to help you because as soon no, as No, it you, is
0: against their will.
2: Yeah, because when you take your hat back, they're like have the confused days eyes like why am I here? What am I doing here? Where's my family? Oh my gosh, my children, my children, my children.
0: Yes. This is all true.
2: I it makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even
3: when it's a T-Rex,
2: that's the most important. They're extremely endangered. Hello.
3: How you doing?
0: Good. How are you? Good. What was your favorite game of the year?
3: Super Mario Odyssey is my number one because it is an adventure game and I love adventuring.
0: That's a good reason. Anything else about it that you really liked?
3: I really liked how you just have to explore to find where you need to go.
0: Those are good reasons. Any other thoughts about Mario Odyssey?
3: Well, it's sort of like everybody in the game wears hats. Almost everybody.
0: Almost everybody. Were there any other favorite games of the year if that was your number one? Did you have any number two or number threes that you wanted to talk about?
3: My number two was Pokemon Moon.
0: Pokemon Moon. What did you like about it?
3: But first of all, it's not ultra.
0: Not Alter, because that's not out yet.
3: Wait, I thought it was already out, but I was getting it for Christmas.
0: Well, you'll have to wait and see. It's a mystery. Well, yes. Well, yes. But okay, what did you like about Pokemon Moon?
3: It's also sort of an exploring game. You have to explore where to find it. And these two games have a connection because they're both exploring games. And they also, if you go out into the map, they show you the direction you need to. To go. Um...
0: Yeah, and then I know you also really like collecting Pokemon in it. What do you, do you have any favorite Pokemon that stood out? Or like, what did you like about the collection?
3: Lunala and Decidueye.
0: Okay, D- Lunala and Decidueye <laughs> were your favorites. Yes. Do you enjoy collecting Pokemon?
3: Yes, but since I have a lot in the Pokedex, sometimes I'm a little bit frustrated frustrated because I keep finding the same Pokemon because like the, that Pokemon is like, rare yeah. and you barely even find it. And sometimes that is the kind of Pokemon I'm looking for.
0: So you would like to complete your Pokedex. And I'm on
3: to hunt for beware.
0: Okay. So if I understand right, you would like to complete your Pokedex, but it's frustrated when you're almost done with it, but you keep getting the same one over and over.
3: Once I already got, I, I, I don't have one. I have like a lot left because I think there's over maybe 200 or 100 Pokemon.
0: That is a lot.
3: No, there's over 100.
0: Perfect. Well, I'm glad that was your number two, and thank you for sharing it. Do you have any others? Did you have a number three for the year that you wanted to talk about? Are you ready for your number three? Yes. What is it?
3: Animal Crossing New Leaf.
0: You have played that game a lot this year. What do you like about it?
3: Well, first I want to say... Yeah? It's not Pocket Camp. I have already played it, but there was more games that were interesting...
0: Yes. Pocket Camp did not make your cut. Got it. So Animal Crossing New Leaf. What did you like about New Leaf?
3: You have your own town.
0: Yeah. And I know you really like doing your house stuff, right?
3: Yeah. You can expand your house. You start from a tent and then you loan to the house and you can get all these different rooms and you can go to retail, which is another store, and you can get furniture.
0: So you like having a house, you like decorating with furniture, and you like being in charge of the town, right? Yeah.
3: Because you are the mayor.
0: You were the mayor. Very cool. Okay, thank you for giving me your top three games of the year. Thank you for doing the special not segment. not
3: done! Oh,
0: what's the... Okay, finish your thought. Go ahead.
3: Um, wait, wait. You need to keep on... You need to keep a lookout for weeds.
0: Oh, okay. Why do you have to keep a lookout for weeds?
3: Because Leith, he runs, like, this garden store for nature. So once he comes by your house in town, and he says that there's too much weeds, and after you agree that you will pull out all the weeds and find them, there will be, like, a little counter to see so that you can see how many leaves no, no weeds there is left and once you pull out all of them you are done and you can do whatever you want after okay. you go back to leave
0: okay thank you that sounds like that was very important and you needed to interrupt me for it which is fine thank you for doing a special segment how do you think it went good good i think it went good too
3: and i'm just a kid
0: okay i'm here with my last special guest my son he has a game of the year right Yeah. What is your game of the year? Arms. Arms on which system?
3: (laughs) Nintendo Switch.
0: And what do you like about arms? Why is it your favorite one?
3: Because you fight a lot and you get to choose your arms.
0: Is that your favorite part is choosing the arms for different characters? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was your favorite part. I know that you fight online and sometimes you fight against the computer, but your favorite thing is the arms part of it. Yeah. Okay, what are your favorite arms? Do you have any that you like better than the other ones?
3: Um, it's, it's that some shoot three at a time.
0: Those are pretty cool. I have seen you use those.
3: I like them because if they can just do one, it means that you are gooder than them. And if you have headlock, it's hard beca- and you have three partners.
0: Yes, Yes, yeah, sometimes that does happen online. You have to face off against headlock, which is tricky, right? Yeah. Are there any other parts of ARMS that you really like that you want people to know about? No. No? Okay. How do you think your segment went? Good. Good. Excellent. <laughs> High five. Thanks. And we're back from maybe other audio. I don't know yet. It's a mystery. Um, Games of the year. So let's get into it. And before we actually do our top five, you have a top six, which is totally fine. I know how it goes. It's hard sometimes. Right. Um, do well, you kind of have a top six. Kind of. So the it's... thing is, I'm going to start with mine, because this would be my number one if it were a game, but it's not a game. It's a system. I would give right. Game of the Year to Nintendo Switch if it were a game, but it's not. I know it doesn't count, but like we have to talk about this, because I want to play all of my games on the Nintendo Switch right now. Like It is, Everything. It is the yeah. perfect console for me and my life at the moment. The fact that I can take it out of the dock, take it anywhere in the house with me, also plug it in and play it on my like big TV and... It's kid-friendly, but it also has all of these awesome indie games coming out on it. And it's like everything I'm playing on a different system, I wish I could be playing on the Switch.
1: Yeah, I I kind of feel that way. Today, I was just grabbed the PlayStation 4 controller and was like, I kind of want to play something. And went just meandering through just to see. And it's like, but this isn't the Switch. So I grabbed it and started playing Mario Kart instead. Yeah. Just because I wanted to play something. I didn't have anything in mind, but because it wasn't the Switch, I just went to the Switch.
0: Yeah. If I am going to just play something and I don't have a game that I'm working through particularly, I will play something on the Switch. That's just my default now because it's so perfect for whatever form I need it in. It is. That is absolutely true. It is just perfect. So I had to mention that. That's my honorary number one that doesn't actually count. But we should get into our actual list. And you have more than me. You have six. I have five. So why don't you start with your number six because it ties in.
1: Okay. so my number six is actually almost the same as your honorary number one. It's the switch, Um, because I've just gotten the switch that uh, that it has been only by the time by the time we're recording this, maybe a month, Uh, maybe I think it's less than a month. Actually, let me try to think. Yeah, it's been less than a month since I've had the Switch, and Mario Kart and Mario Odyssey are just neck and neck for me in quality. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, rather, are neck and neck in terms of quality and how much I love them, and it's really because they're on the Switch that that more than anything else, I love playing them on the Switch, and they are they are just absolutely beautiful, brilliant games. That Mario Kart 8 is everything I've ever wanted in a Mario Kart game. And on the Switch, it's because of the uh, uh, the auto steering, not auto steering, but the where it protects you from going off the rails. And falling off a cliff is no longer an option. And that makes Mario Kart really jump up for me. It, and it makes me feel bad as a gamer. It's like, oh, I want this to protect me from falling off cliffs. But that makes me like really, really think that this Mario Kart is one of the best ones they've ever done because it just makes it more fun in all all honesty. And then with Mario Odyssey I still haven't gotten the credits and like I still want to play it on Switch. I still love it and it's so, so good. Like It's a direct sequel it feels to Mario 64 but the reason it's actually not higher on my list is because of the way that the moons work. I'd mentioned uh, in another episode that there's not any motivation or drive to get most of the moons that they're just there you're exploring you're getting them you're, you're having fun and there are all these tasks but there's not a you know, it's not like Mario 64 where you go in you pick which star you're going to get and then you, you work toward it and the level changes a little bit it's just that there are moons out there in the world that you do things to get and that doesn't keep my attention nearly as much so I don't think I'm going to do that 800 something times but I'm definitely going to explore and play through the game, which is why it doesn't rank any higher for me. That uh, okay. That's the that's only fair. reason that Mario Odyssey doesn't rank higher is because I wish, as great as it is, and it is, and I haven't played a lot of Mario games because I didn't have a Wii U until recently. Uh, but a lot of the newer Mario games, rather, and the. I just wish there was more structure there that uh, mario odyssey is so freeform that i don't think it works as well for mario
0: odyssey as it does for zelda breath of the wild i have some thoughts along those lines and a couple counterpoints but i'm going to save them because it probably surprised no one that mario is on my list slightly later this is true yeah um so number five for me this year was golf story and it's kind of funny because i remember when i beat this I said specifically on the podcast that this would not be a game of the year, but it would probably be an honorable mention. It actually ended up making huh. the cut. I liked this game a lot. It was charming in a very interesting way. And even though it was buggy at the time I played it, I think a lot of that has been fixed now. Um, I didn't care. Like, I I just had so much fun with this game. I spent, I don't even know how much time on it, but I, I mean, I beat the game and I beat it in like a week, something like that, I spent all of my free time playing this game because I just yeah. loved it. So it's like, it's a golf RPG. I don't know why golf RPGs apparently click with me and maybe they don't all, but this one did. And it just, it totally, Art. totally worked for me. And part of it is it's it's a Switch game, it's an indie game, but mostly it's just a good game that just, it just totally clicked for some reason.
1: I'm going to stop you right there. And you said, you don't know if golf RPGs, like, I thought this was the only golf RPG.
0: No, no. Golf RPGs were like a genre that's been it disappeared for a long time, but it was a thing. Like Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. This Dude, is a, I had no idea. No, this is an indie dev coming back and like filling a niche that hasn't been filled in a long time. Um, I wanna say it was the Mario golf series that used to be like the main golf RPG series out there.
1: Wait. I didn't know that those were RPGs. I'd never played one like I just thought they were.
0: They aren't all. That's the thing is that some of them were and then some of them were just like a straight up golf game. So it depends which one you're playing and who it was made by and when it was made and which platform you're playing it on. But no, this is not the only golf RPG. It's a genre. It's a very, very niche genre, but it's one that apparently clicks with me.
1: Okay, that's fair. I, I had absolutely no clue about that. Learn something new every day, like they say. There you go. Okay, what do you got for number five? Uh, Number five for me is Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep that I adore this game. That I know that you bounced off of it really hard and I totally understand why because I thought I was going to bounce off of it super hard too. And honestly I did bounce off of it super hard. That until I went and watched Austin play near the end of it and see what the game actually was I didn't have any desire to go back. Once I saw what all of the game could be and, and ended up being when it all came together, I went back and I loved it so much. That there were three... It's three short stories that all intertwine together. You play the same story three times, but from three different characters' perspectives. And each of the three characters plays a little bit differently. That uh, Terra is the big, slow, powerful one. Uh, Ventus is the one that plays like Sora from all the other Kingdom Hearts games. And as you you play the game, you learn why. And then as you... And then Aqua is... is the mage and, and just really graceful magic user and they just it plays so differently that it keeps the variety up. Even though you're going through the same worlds, there are different maps on each of them that you go through them in different orders, you have different interactions in them. It was just such a well done game that it surprised me that it was a PSP game originally. That it wasn't one of the one of the major releases that uh, nobody I mean, it was a PSP game, for goodness sakes. Uh, Nobody owns a PSP, but the remake on the PS4 is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I cannot recommend this one enough and it got me back into the Kingdom Hearts games and I mean I haven't gone back and played two but in a long time but I really think it's better than one in terms of overall gameplay evolution that uh, going back and playing two feels limiting based on the stuff that uh, that they've changed and made better in Birth by Sleep that I am so excited for Kingdom Hearts 3 because of this one.
0: I'm glad that a Kingdom Hearts made your list because I know how much fun you had with them overall this year. I didn't know which one it would be, but it does not surprise me at all that it is on here for your number five. Yeah, um, so good. What do you have for number four? Number four for me is actually WoW Legion
1: that um, it's not the game that I thought it was going to be, I guess it uh, as a story it's fine. You go through it. The new zones are good there. They've done, made a it's WoW. I mean, it is what it is, but The game overall, with all of those things, it keeps me engaged, which is, I'm subscribed right now, and by the time this comes out, um, I may be unsubscribed, but I did another month, I got flying, and one of the things is that it was easy for me to fall back into, and at least in this last part, just experience the content. They've made it. This is the point I've talked a lot this year about going back in and playing the game as a game and coming back in at the point of it being the easy entrance to the expansion, uh, while there's still being some challenges, like I gave myself the challenge of getting flying. And I did that before I unsubscribed last time. And it was super hard, but it was also super fun um, to be able to, to set those kind of goals, as opposed to, you know, having to beat certain raid bosses and set time to do it that right now, I just like it. It's just a, it's not the best game in the world by any means. And I don't, think I'm ever going to be the kind of gamer that I was before but it's good enough and uh, it's the best expansion they've done for WoW in a really really long time so I wanted to mention it that I finally got through it and think that it's worth picking up if you like the idea of wow enough that you can deal with the realities of wow
0: i love that good enough is your rousing endorsement for number four
3: it is it no, is i, and, I
0: know and it's th- more than that but still it's just the way you put it at the end it is that you're absolutely right it is but it's one
1: of those that when i think about it, it's like i had more fun with it this year than i did most of the other games i played
0: okay that's fair enough um my number four is steam world dig 2 so it's another ah. more indie type game on the nintendo switch and I loved this game. Like I, I just absolutely adored this game. I liked all of the Steam World Dig games that have come out. Well, no, I've liked yep. all of the Steam World games actually that have come I was out. Say you like Steam World Heist as well. Yeah, I liked Heist as well. Um, but this is the best one. Like that's come out so far, and it has the elements of Steam World Dig one, which were interesting. Like digging down and like you know the the core loop of it, where you dig deeper, you get enough like minerals and gems and stuff that you go back up to the top and buy better gear, buy better upgrades so that you can dig better and faster and deeper and all of that <laughs> right. kind of stuff. That core loop is still there, which I enjoyed that well enough in the first game. But this game also becomes a really, really good platformer. And I love good platformers. Uh, okay. So the fact that it combined those two things in such a... I don't know. They don't feel forced together. It feels like a natural fit. And because of that, I love this game. Like, I, I beat this game, and I immediately looked to see if there was a new game plus. And if there was, I would have played it immediately. I would have immediately started it again, which is when I knew that, like, okay, this is probably one of my games of the year. Um, I didn't really know how much I enjoyed it until I saw those credits roll, and I realized that, like, there wasn't a new game plus, and I, I really wanted there to be. So, for that, for the mixture of that digging, gathering, you know, upgrading loop, paired with just amazing platforming and a little bit of story too but mostly those two things that is why steam world dig 2 is my game number four of the year ah and i can totally see that my number three is mario odyssey so i know it was lower for you um for me it's it's ranked up there pretty high um number three two and one in any other year honestly like these top three for me probably could have been game of the year against games from the last few years in a row um mm-hmm. that being said Mario's ranked, ranked lower than the other two because it's there are two types of Mario games, right? There is and this is kind of what you were talking about. There is exploration Mario like Mario 64 and Sunshine and this one, and then there's the level-based platforming Mario. And right. they are both Mario. Like there's no doubt about that at this point. But me personally, I like that level-based platforming. Like that is always going to be my favorite Mario experience. So that's why this comes in at number three and not higher because this is an exploration mario that being yes. said i think this is the best exploration mario that there is like i would take this over sunshine and 64 oh, yeah. any day like i i love this game i think it's amazing it does and some the things of the, that they've done with it yeah like some of the open Just... world stuff they've done that you can tell that this was developed kind of alongside zelda even though they're not the same team but they were made at the same time with some mm-hmm. of the same like core tenants almost Um, but one applied to Zelda and one applied to Mario. Um, I think those tenants actually apply to Zelda better than Mario, but... I, I love how this game turned out. And I love collecting moons and how much I've played it with my daughter. And it's just a really fun Mario game that I keep going back to. And I keep collecting more moons just for the fun of it. Because it's on the Switch. And I keep playing the Switch all the time. Yeah. So yeah, Mario Odyssey and I, for me. That may be the way with me. Yeah, Mario like, Odyssey. That may be the same
1: way with me whenever I go through and just want something to play. That right now it's like single Mario Kart races. It might be a single moon in Mario Odyssey. Where that's kind of the way it is already. It's like, I'll go a little bit and do it. So I totally get it um yeah even
0: though i'm at like 500 moons or whatever like i could see the next time i'm on a plane or something like i could play three hours of this game like it's not done there's still content there you know it's just kind of about like when like i'll get back to it I i keep going back to it right now but like for you like you'll probably go back to it at some point oh yeah Oh, yeah,
1: I'm still going to get through the credits and go back and see all the cool stuff that's there that I've missed. It was just and uh, it's almost like we mentioned earlier with the hype where I wanted, and it may not even be hype, it may be expectation on this one because of nostalgia to Mario 64 on what I how I felt with it that I obviously cannot feel ever again with Mario Odyssey or anything like this but um, it's also I'd mentioned it, uh, you know, months ago about um, the maybe a month ago about the controls feeling just a little loose that I'm used to Mario having slightly tighter controls than this and I miss jump way more often because he doesn't seem to be just just milliseconds of responsiveness seem to be missing for me
0: yeah i still chalk that up to the fact that you don't have a pro controller like i i think that's the core of it um used to play with joy cons and there's Uh, they're just not quite as good they're not bad they're just not quite as good um but yeah mario is number three for me what's your number three uh my number three is final fantasy 14 stormblood that you
1: had this as an honorable mention and like you said everybody go back and listen to the final fantasy 14 that uh stormblood episode or maybe final fantasy 14 episodes we did lots of episodes for it i think um that we We did a couple. I think it was a two parter. I think it was. So y'all need to go listen to that and we can be lots more articulate than than we can be on here. But it was it was just good that they did great things in Word that they didn't play, and I technically this is Word in Stormblood, because I I got through both of the expansions at one time, that I powered through them, and went straight through and experienced one long story, and that's why it ranks so high, because I became fully invested in Final Fantasy 14 again, and I saw all of this content, I saw all of the changes, and I was able to play with friends, that I was able to join Void's Guild for a bit, and then my real Life friends started playing again, and so I was able to play with them after that. And it just became the game that I fell in love with initially once again. And it's still going to keep me going back as the patches and content come through. I'll resubscribe and do that because the new classes they've released the Red Mage and the Samurai still haven't played the Samurai because the Red Mage is just so awesome that I, uh, I can't recommend it enough. It is by far the best MMO out there right now. And I will not that. That's, is, yes, it, easily. If you're going to play it, then right now is the time to go back and play it. It's it's there just
0: awesome. Yeah, sweet. Okay, and you should do your number two because it kind of goes hand in hand.
1: It does. And Final Fantasy fifteen is actually my number two this year because I got a PlayStation four. Uh, I got my new I got my new job and rewarded myself with a PlayStation four, Final Fantasy fifteen, and Kingdom Hearts. And uh, I was like, Yay! I'm not eating beans and sweet potatoes anymore. And uh, that was my wife and I had a joke that whenever I quit my job and started freelancing, that it would be okay. We could always just eat a bunch of sweet potatoes and beans. And, uh, so, so this is my no more sweet potatoes and beans, uh, reward. And for a long time, I thought it was going to be my favorite final fantasy game. I said, after I beat it, that it was probably my favorite final fantasy game. And I don't know if that's true, Or not, I really don't think that overall it is my favorite, but I think in terms of story and emotional connection, that I really, really, really think that 15 holds a candle up there. It's not my favorite Final Fantasy, I don't think, but it's up there in terms of the story. Because while it doesn't hold a candle to some of the uh, the, the best stories, the friendship part of it, the connections between the characters and those characters themselves, I got really attached to them. And in in terms of, of that emotional connection... It made me cry. The end of it, the post-credit scene that they do uh, around the campfire, I, I was just a weepy, blubbery mess. And it it's... St- meaningful and i was wondering if you had that same kind of reaction to these characters relationship that uh, the way that everything played out toward the end of it you know not giving any spoilers for people but the way everything ended up playing out did you feel that connection uh and emotional stuff elevated the game like i did um yes
0: i mean i didn't cry but I got close during parts of the ending. Um, I think yeah. that Final Fantasy 15 has a really good story that's kind of obfuscated. Obf- I can't say that word right now. Obfuscated. Yeah, it's a hard word to say. Obfuscated. Yes. Uh, there's a story in there that's good. And it's. I'm going to leave all that in the podcast um, <laughs> because I don't want to edit it out. Um, it's... See, we don't always pronounce words right. This is normally what we go back and edit out. It, it's a good story, but it's like buried under layers of other stuff. Like, there's a not very good open world in this game. Like, it's yes. fine. It's serviceable, but it's not great. And there are some pacing issues where it's just very uneven pacing, and you can tell they intended to do more, and they didn't get around to it. And that's right. probably why they're coming back through and patching things in. There's also things that aren't explained very well. Like, no, they're I beat the game... And then I went and I read lots of takes on the game. And in doing that, I discovered a bunch of the lore that I just didn't pick up the first time through. And in a way, that's a failing of the game. But also, knowing some of that lore better in context, when I went back for New Game Plus, this story was, like, so much better. Not that it was bad to start Mm. with. It's just that it added so many layers to it when I knew what was going on with, like, Arden and Luna and stuff. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah there's a really good story at the core of this game and it became more obvious the second time through with new game plus when i knew a little bit more about the context of everything and i could mainline it like the fact that i didn't have to grind i didn't have to level up i didn't have to do like anything in the open world i literally just went main quest to main quest all the way through the game um it had a much bigger emotional impact on me the second time but yeah i agree with you i think it is really uh, like there is a really good story in there
1: yeah and if if y'all haven't played it yet you definitely should that like i said i don't know if it's my favorite final fantasy uh because nine is still just i think nine still has more replayability overall but i think that 15 has the the best emotional journey overall of any of them yeah it's really good
0: okay my number two is zelda breath of the wild and yeah, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I, I kind of love this game for the exploration and the fact that I can climb everything. Like, I just, I have come... <laughs> no, like, seriously, talking to you about this game and then talking to you about what I like about Assassin's Creed and stuff this year has made me realize how much I enjoy climbing in games. I don't know why, and that's fine. I just, I have accepted the fact that I like climbing on stuff in games. Yeah. And, like, the fact that I can climb everything in this game is probably why... I bounced off Horizon Zero Dawn so much because I went right from this game to Horizon, and Horizon was very much like you're you're hemmed in. You can only climb on things that are bright yellow that they've already designated a path for you. This is the opposite. Like, you can climb on everything. You can try to get places you're not supposed to be, and I did all the time, and I felt like an internal sense of accomplishment every time I did something that I felt like I shouldn't be able to do yet. Like, that was great. I loved that about it. I know that some people didn't like the weapon system, like the wear and tear that you can, like, weapons, you know, they wear out. I didn't care. Like, that's not what the game was about for me. The game was about exploration and discovery, and I just, I don't know. I I loved it. I think that, you know, whereas Mario in my head is classified as, you know, uh, like a platforming game, and that's why Mario's, rated slightly less this year because it was like an exploration Mario. Zelda in my mind is labeled as an exploration game and I got to explore. You know, I explored tons of parts of the world and I'm sure there are things I haven't seen and at some point I want to go back and I want to replay it just to like see more of that world and climb more things I haven't climbed and you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think this is my favorite Zelda ever. Just pure exploration in an open world and it's it did so much for open world that hasn't been done by any other open world game ever like it wasn't afraid to throw out all of these conventions and just put you loose in a world without a giant map with all these points on it and um i I love it for that too so yeah zelda breath of the wild is my number two and like i said in any other year this could have been my game of the year and you should probably say what your number one is and Zelda is my number one game of the year that Breath of the Wild is by far
1: the best experience I've had playing a game this entire year that I bought a Wii U just to play this game and if Jennifer and I record her game of the year uh clip then the Wii U is going to be a big part of hers so i'm glad that we got it but in terms of zelda that playing it on the wii u gamepad to me did not detract any at all from me not having it on the switch and just being able to go back and forth from tv and the gamepad no problem at all loved it great i mean the switch is better obviously but if you got a wii u and you haven't played it and you're holding out for the switch don't don't listen to other people i'd never touched a wii u gamepad before didn't know what to expect great for zelda fantastic but zelda to me you mentioned that it's an exploration game in your head and like to me it's an adventure game and this was an adventure that it was it was existing in hyrule finding all of this stuff and while climbing on stuff with a Big part of it. I didn't like climbing nearly as much as you did. It was just, it was kind of that feeling that Ultima Online gave you in 1998 when they just put you loose in a world with other people and said do something. That's kind of the way Zelda was. That there was a very brief tutorial up front where you learned how to play and then they're like, okay, go on. And then you die almost immediately. That you realized it was an unrelenting harsh atmosphere and And it was frustrating in the best way a video game can be frustrating, not like Dark Souls frustrating. And... It's uh, where, like you had mentioned before, where it's the systems and the controls that make Dark Souls frustrating a lot of times. Like, this was simply, you have to be good at it. This was skill-based challenge. And being able to explore and see all of this stuff, that you can go into other parts of this game and see things that you have never noticed before, even if you've run by it a dozen times. That being able to, to just be... In Hyrule that it was uh, a lot li- an alive and vivid world that it was fun and I cannot wait for the expansion to come out with the extra content uh, the second uh, DLC pack to come out with the extra content so that I can go back and experience new Zelda stuff that it never never got stale that the only reason I stopped was I, I started like doing something else like I started playing another game of some kind or something or working harder or something being an adult but uh, it was like i never got all of the shrines but i don't feel as though that's a detriment to the game i can still go back and do it there's more content coming like there's always stuff to see and like there's a new game plus now that you can play uh, or something it's called something it's essentially the same thing and i just it's awesome like it is by maybe the best game experience i've had in like the last five years or more like it's it's a brilliant game and i am astonished it's not your number one
0: yep in any other year it might have been it was it was very close but no my number one is held by persona five and okay i talked to you about this a bunch because yep i didn't know i didn't know how to handle persona five um i didn't know if it would be number one and here's here's the thing in the end like it's a, it's a JRPG. I like that. Um, the story hooked me all the way through. The um, it, It's like the most stylish game that I've ever seen, hands down. In the end, the reason why it is number one is because... I have put more mental energy into this game than I've probably ever put into a game before. Besides Uh, being a kid where you play the same game forever because it's your only option. You know, putting that aside, like in my adult life, I think I have put more mental energy into Persona 5 than any other game ever. And hmm. it's I keep thinking about it. That is, that is the reason... Like, that's even now, reason. like right now, yes, today. Obviously, reason, you're thinking about it right now, but... No, the key reason it is my number one game of the year is because I can't stop thinking about this game. And I there has not been a week that has gone by since I beat this game that I have not put thought into this game. And, like, something about the characters or the setting or the interaction between, you know, like, adults in the real world and, like, how you can become a different persona and fix things that are wrong. And even just things about, like, the daily life of everybody and, like, the ebb and flow of life throughout a year. And, you know, it's, right. it's contextualized in a high school year, but even just thinking about time passing and things changing over time, um, there's something oddly comforting about having like the framing of this game like my favorite parts probably weren't even the jrpg parts it was probably all those parts in between like what i did with the days off where you can do whatever yeah i just i i can't stop thinking about persona 5 and i need to replay it that's the thing like i put i think it was close to 80 hours into this game i think it was maybe 70 ish hours but somewhere in that range yeah. 70 to 80 and like i still want to replay it i want to put that much back into the game and play it again with a new game plus plus. and like if this game came out on the switch i would have already probably played it again just because i would have it everywhere with me the only thing is it's mm-hmm. on ps4 so it, i was kind of holding back and that's a lot of time to devote to a game when you're trying to get through tons of games before game of the year so actually maybe now that this podcast is recorded between now and our like start of season three i might restart this game um and I, just, I really I don't suggest, know how to articulate like why I love this game, but I do. And that's weird for me because I I didn't
1: like Persona Four like everybody else. So I want to play this game, but I don't want to spend any money on this game. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting on a good sale, and I will get it. And one thing I wanted to mention that you meant that you said that you wished it were on the Switch, and I do too. But you really should try the Vita remote play. That depending on how the controls are and which buttons it uses especially, but I played Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep a lot using the remote play and it was perfect. As long as I was within my own house, I was fine. Like I had no problem with it and it felt just like a mobile Kingdom Hearts game or a handheld Kingdom Hearts game that had there was no lag, there was no system problems at all. Like I loved doing it. So you might be able to do that with Persona 5 as well given the kind of game it is i would not suggest doing it on destiny 2 or anything but i think that uh you might be able to have at least a handheld experience within the house with persona
0: 5 maybe maybe i'm not convinced i don't i don't know i don't that's not why i haven't restarted it it's mostly the time investment or if it came out on the switch i would start it immediately but it's yeah it just this game utterly clicked with me and i don't think it will for most people and i'm fine with that it's not right. this is my game of the year right not somebody else's which right. was something that's obvious but something else I, I had to come around to because like i don't think this is going to be most people's game of the year i think this is going to get kind of left out of the number 1 place on most outlets that you check out um besides that one lone person you know to the side who says no this is my game of the year and they're not the main voice in the room you know when these big like gaming outlets have to come up with a comprehensive list that they all agree on I don't see this being most people's game of the year, but it is for me and just everything about it from like the style to the story to the music. I still listen to music all the time, but mostly just like how much it has made me think about it and think about life because I played this game. Um, All of that wrapped up into why I really liked the Persona 5. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Games of the year. That was fun, as it always is. We will be back next week. We're recording in the past. I'm trying to think. Next time, next week, I know what it will be. It will be our best of the rest for the year. So that will be our last episode of Season 2 before we move on to Season 3. And like I said, we're recording these ahead of time so that we can have some time off in between. And we will be talking about all other things media that aren't video games next week. Um, Until then, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com. Or reach us on Twitter at Geek2GeekCast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek to geekcast
1: And if you're not a Redditor like I'm not a Redditor, then we're on Slack too. Go to slackgeek for your invite. And we are part of a podcast network. Uh, head to geek and check out all of our shows and see which
0: of them you should be listening to. All I love green agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as
1: at Professor Beej. That's
0: Beege with two E's, and I blog at geekfitness.net. We've been avoiding with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks.
1: Bye! Everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, and this is Liam, the the languishing lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of the Comic Box, part of the Geek to Geek podcast
0: network. So, join us. Pop pop. Oh yeah.
2: Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked about Girl Power Songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, Young Adult Fiction Novels san diego comic-con and so much more so grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on itunes or stitcher and start listening today
0: hi my name is joe hogan and i'm a geek and if you're currently listening to this there's a good chance you're a geek too so check out my podcast geekitude each week i talk with somebody about their geek aptitude sometimes i talk to people in a geeky profession Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness, often it's another geeky podcaster, but it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.